Hey there, welcome to the Agents of Revival podcast. If you're ready to be healed and take full accountability of your life by evolving into your best self, then this is the podcast for you. I am your host, Andrea Griffin Rogers, and I'll share with you winning steps as well as personal tips and anecdotes on how to go from brokenness to wholeness and from scattered pieces to inner peace. So come on in and join me on this healing journey and let's become whole together. Enjoy it. What's up? What's up? What's up, guys? How are you today? I pray all is well that this message stirs your faith, falls on good ground and produces good fruit in your lives. Um, before we get started, let's say a quick prayer um, and we're going to jump up in this thing. All right. Spirit of the living God, we come to you right now. I want to say thank you for allowing this opportunity for my brothers and my sisters to hear and receive a word from you, God. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. You know what each person is going through, Father God. You know the struggles they face. You also know the challenges that lies up ahead for them. You know their constant cares, worries, and concerns each and every day, Father God. And so we release all of that tension, all of that worry, all of that weariness at your feet, God, so that you may give us rest. Holy Father, come into our hearts. We make you our Lord and Savior. Teach us your ways, Lord, how to be more like Jesus each and every day so that when people see us, when we walk into a room, Father God, they see the light of you, Jesus, shining through us. When we speak to people, God, they will know who we serve because of how we love them, how we speak to them, how we carry ourselves. We will have the essence of the Holy Spirit dripping and oozing out of us. So, Father God, do what only you can do. Transform our hearts, take away any stoniness, and give us a soft flesh heart that is made in the image of Christ Jesus. We give you glory, honor, and praise. We keep none for ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says what, y'all? Amen. All right. So today's message, uh, who's up for battle? Yep, we are in part 37 of the Trigger Wars series, and we talk about battle, y'all. Who's up for battle? And and uh, it's interesting that, you know, the messages all this week and last week are have been leading up to this um, this message because you got to have the right team. I taught on that on the last episode. You have to have the right team. It is important because they will have a, a tactical advantage to see the enemy's tactics, to also give you um, uh, different approaches because they've been where you are. This is why uh, I told I taught on the last episode about having the right team, the right squad around you. It's not just about having the right friends that I'm talking about. It's about having your core team, those who will hold you up. When you are in battle, those who will go to war with you that you say, hey, listen, let's um, let's go and get it. Let's let's um, let's um, let's go in a battle that they're not going to just be your friends that will say, well, let's party, hardy, hardy. No, I need to know. Can you war for me in the spirit? Hello, somebody. And it's so interesting because this morning I was actually reading. Um, I was reading. <clears throat> I was reading something online and then I looked at the video and the person was talking about relationships and how two different pastors. Uh, well, one is a pastor. I'm not sure if the other one's a pastor or just a podcaster, but they were talking about this applying to relationships, how it's important to have the right person 
or uh, in your life um, because you need to know who you can do war with and not war at. You don't need to be fighting the person you're with because the Bible says one could chase a thousand, a thousand but two can chase 10,000. You need somebody who be, who will be willing to stand toe to toe with you, neck to neck, shoulder to shoulder to fight the battle of faith. This is, I give you guys practical examples for spiritual principles. This is not just about, oh, let me fight with my fist. Can you fight on your knees? Hello, somebody. Can I trust you that when I'm feeling weak, even if I can't tell you I'm feeling weak, there will be an echoing in your spirit. There will be a feeling, a sensing in your spirit that will say, oh, I got to pray that I got to pray for that person. That's that's my girlfriend. That's my boyfriend. That's, you know, my fiance. That's soon to be my husband or my wife uh, or that is my husband or my wife. Can I pray for you without you telling me? There's a song that I love, guys, that um, I think the person's name is Jay Moss. I think that's the person's name. I, I got to look it up. But um, it's, it's one of my favorite songs. And he basically says, can anybody out there pray for me without even knowing what I need? Can anybody out there pray unselfishly the prayers of the righteous? And and I and that be hit me to my core, y'all, when I hear that song. Because I'm like, yes, that that's very specific. Can you pray for me unselfishly? Can you pray for me without even knowing what I need? And I don't mean even though, you know, God still receives prayer. But sometimes you need prayers that move mountains. And so if somebody just praying for you with a little cutesy prayer of, okay, God, well, I pray for them in Jesus name. Amen. Uh, you ain't being specific, baby. I need you to be specific. And you may say, well, how can I be specific if I don't know what they need? That's the point of you being able to hear the Holy Spirit. You got to be able to hear the Holy Spirit in this season and really throughout your entire life. You have to always be hearing the Holy Spirit because he is your advocate and your helper. He is your guide in the earth to help you move mountains, to help you achieve goals, to help you um, know where danger is and step away from that curve pivot. You need to be hearing the Holy Spirit so that it can guide you. And, and this is where the, the prayers of the righteous come in. It's those that Matthew 6.33 seek first the kingdom of God. That means seeking God's face. Seeking to have a personal, intimate relationship with him. I mean so much deeper than you would have with any other human being, baby. Because there are some things that I know I've been through that I wasn't even able to tell people. But baby, I can go to God and tell God. Hello, somebody. You need to be able to have that personal, deep relationship with the father. And then in that, he will give you his voice. He will speak to you, which is the Holy Spirit. And then you will be able to be specific about prayers. But you don't want to be linking up with people, getting in friendships with people, even in relationships with people. And they don't know what to pray for. They don't even know how to pray. They don't have a prayer language. And how are you going to help me fight my battles? Because some battles, we have to understand that the weapons of warfare are not carnal. But for the pulling down strongholds, we do not fight against people, but against spirits and principalities. So if I'm telling you, I, I'm just really, I'm feeling really worn out and weary. I don't need you to be like, well, just, if you just go to sleep, you'll be all right. Baby, I done slept and I'm still weary. That some There's some nights I don't know about y'all, but I've lived enough to know there's some nice baby and there's some battles you face that even sleep can't help that weariness, you know, 
um come come up off of you. So you need somebody to be praying and warring for you in the spirit that says, I am not bind and rebuke you devil in the name of Jesus. You got to let that person loose. Let it go. Get out of here and don't come back with seven more. Be gone in the name of Jesus. You need somebody that can go to war for you when you can't war for yourself. I got to be talking to somebody, baby. Cause I didn't, this wasn't even part of my notes, y'all, but you, you gotta have the right people, the right team. Don't, even when it comes to relationships, don't link up with somebody that's, that's not, that cannot pray, that has no prayer language. They may say, oh yeah, I believe in God, I believe in Jesus, but they don't have a personal relationship. And I'm, I'm not just talking about, or they go to church every Sunday because there's plenty of people. I know I've seen them. I met them. I know them <laughs> that go to church every Sunday and still do not know the voice of God. Still do not have a personal relationship with the father. So I'm not talking about people that go to church every Sunday, even though it could be somebody to go to church every Sunday. Because like my one of my spiritual mentors goes to church every Sunday because she's a pastor at the church. Um, So, you know, so it could be that. But I'm talking about. Even if you go to church every Sunday, do you really know how to pray? Do you really know how to war in the Holy Spirit? Do you really know how to fight the battle for me? Because if you don't know how, you can't help me. You've got to have the right team around you. It's so important. It's so crucial. And and even if you're going through a hard time and you're trying to get out, it's very important to have these five people or really four people. The, the fifth most important one really is the first most important one is the Holy Spirit. And then on top of the Holy Spirit, I gave you this yesterday. Write it down, y'all, so that you can go and pray to the Father to help you find these people in your life if you don't have them in your life. So after the Holy Spirit will be a licensed therapist we all need therapy do not sit here and think that you can do the battle that you can do life by yourself that you can just keep going to your friends because your friends all have biased advice or really biased opinions you need somebody that has learned they've went to school for psychology they have learned practical steps life skill sets to give you coping mechanisms to give you in order to overcome whatever you're going through heck some of y'all may have problems with your friends so they definitely ain't the one to go to when you are um having the problem and you want to vent because then it, it may wind up starting a war that's not to say hear me hear me because i don't want nobody like tainting this or twisting this that's not to say that if you have a problem with a friend you can't go address it but you got to be in the right mindset and the right heart posture. Because if you angry and you go to that friend to tell that friend how they hurt you in an angry way, all you're going to get is more fire. That's literally like going to a fire with matches and striking the match. It's going to burn up everything else. Nothing's going to put it out. So you need to go at it with a calmer mentality and with a solution. A lot of people fight the wrong way and a lot of people handle conflict the wrong way. You 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 go at conflict to just or you go into a, a conflicting situation and you just want people to, to hear your side of the story. You want to defend yourself and, and that's it. But you don't go with the right tactical mindset or advantage to say I am going with the mindset to understand and then to resolve in a healthy manner. Not to plead your case, but to understand the heart of the person that you have conflict with. 
and and how you get to that point will be dealing with yourself first forgiveness within yourself first for that person clearing venting out your frustrations to god first and then when you're in a calmer place you will feel that the holy spirit will give you peace and will give you strategy on how to then go and address that person so that it still remains a peaceful way there will be or should not be rather though you know people will be people no feelings hurt because i've came to you in a calm way i came to you to resolve this amicably but you got to have the right people on your team. And so the licensed therapist is important because they will give you and they have a vantage point that you, that your friends do not have. Remember the example I gave yesterday of being an assistant and you, you know, trying to know how the top level of the company works. But you asking all the other assistants instead of asking a VP that, you know, to um to teach you. The, the assistants are on the same level that you want. That, that's your friends. They're on the same level that you want. They don't have a vantage point up ahead because they're not higher up. So licensed therapist. The next one would be the third one, which is a spiritual mentor or a spiritual counselor. You need this. And you may say, well, what's the difference between a licensed therapist and a spiritual counselor? A spiritual counselor is somebody who will mainly deal with your spirit and emotional self. Yes, the licensed therapist does that too, but especially if you go for a Christian therapist, but they will mainly stay focused on the, the mental part of it, the mental and emotional part of it. Whereas a spiritual counselor is looking at you as a whole and being able to help you uh, through God's word, apply biblical principles to your life so that you can see your life change and transform. The fourth one on the list will be um, a support group. You need people who have been with, have been where you are. They've been through what you've been through, but they've overcame. They have the testimony to tell you how they got through so that you can get through. This is very important. These are not your friends. Hear me. These are not your friends. And how I came up with this is because of, of me taking what I went through and, and applying all these things to my life. When I put together my own team and I saw the change in my life, these are not your friends. It's going to be part of your support group. That's not to say that you may not have one friend um, that uh, can pray for you. But your support group are people who have been where you are. And a lot of times our friends haven't been through what we've been through. So they can't really give us that much advice that will hit specifically home for the target that you're facing. And what I mean by that is, let's say, for example, you're dealing with um, your spouse dying. For, you know, since we're talking about relationships. Let's say you um, encountered, unfortunately, your spouse who died. Your friends, especially if they were never married, they don't know that pain. They don't know how that feels. It's the same as, as I've heard, um, you know, in the kind of experience with a child passing away. Nobody knows that pain that affects you from having something that you carried in your body suddenly die. Even if they say, even if they have kids, their kids are still living. So they still will not be able to fully understand that pain. But somebody else 
who has experienced that and has overcame the grieving process, um, they will be able, they will be in your support group because they will be somebody who will say, you know what? My child died too. This was the year. This is the time. This is how I went through it. And, and these were the steps I took. And, and they will be the ones you're going to need to lean on because they're going to know exactly what you're going through. Even times where you may not be able to say something, they're going to be ones that say, I know what you're going through. I, I know what you're thinking. You ain't got to say it because I was there. And then the last one will be a life coach. You need a spiritual life coach, just like a regular life coach on a team. You need somebody that's going to cheer you on, that's going to root, that's going to um, show you if you messed up a little bit, show you um, how the opponent is coming so that you can get on, a, on the court, so to speak, or on the field and you can make the right moves so that you can, you know, hit touchdown or hit the goal shot or whatever. You need a life coach that, again, spiritual life coach who is ahead of you, who has went through some things to be able to pour into you motivation and strategy so that you know how to fight the opponent and so the scripture for today that i want to give you guys um actually you know god is switching up a little bit uh because oh and that song i did look it up for y'all it is by jay moss it's called the prayers featuring hezekiah walker and um and i believe dorinda clark um but I want to go to uh, Exodus. Let's go to the book of Exodus. I tell y'all, man, I can't get away from this scripture if I want to. You know, Exodus. Uh, well, I mean, I can't get away from this part of the text. It's just been like echoing for the last couple times um, that I've been teaching. And so Exodus chapter 17. And... um. I want to I want to start at the eighth verse. And so this and I love this text because even for me, um, before I read it, even for me, when I was going through my wilderness season and, and as I'm in my transition season as well, what I've seen is um I, I've prayed this in a sense, this scripture, I've prayed it. Amen. Say, how do you do that? Well, because I've studied it enough, I know the story. And so my prayers have been, God, just like Moses, send me the right people that when I'm feeling weak, when my arms can't hold up anymore. And you'll understand that when I read the text, they right there to just, they, they, I don't got to ask. They just step up and do it. And while they're doing it, there's somebody else that's like, man, okay, you don't, you don't, I got it. I'm gonna fight that for you. Don't worry about that. I, I got that. I got you. You just do what you got to do. You stay focused on the journey and, and the assignment that God has for you. And, I, and I'm going to take care of that. You got to have a Joshua, Aaron, and a her in your life. And you'll understand what I mean by that for those that are not familiar with this text when I read it. It is so important. And you'll see in Moses' story, it's so important because you don't know what's up ahead. You don't know how fierce the battle would be up ahead. When Moses first decided to take the assignment that God gave him at the uh, at the Mount, the burning bush, and he decided to go back and rescue the Israelites, he the, he didn't know what he was going to face. He just was being obedient to God. But God knew what he was going to face. So God made sure that the right people would be in position to stand ground and fight the good fight of faith. As it says in, uh, I believe it's first Timothy, fight the good fight of faith to help him on the journey. Because he knew that he about to get weary. He about to get weary 
So I need to help him in this process. And so Exodus 17 verse 8 reads, and now this is after they have already left Egypt. They, they're um, in the wilderness. They're trying to make it to their promised land. And so Exodus 17 reads at verse 8, while the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow, I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and found, and, excuse me, and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses Aaron and her, H-U-R, climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. What I've been teaching y'all about yesterday, vantage point. Um, I'm going to read the sentence again. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, that means with his own strength first, he was doing it. The Israelites had the advantage, but whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired, he could no longer hold them up. And I'll pause right here. Think about it. If you do that right now, if you just, wherever you are, put your hands up. Just, just put both your hands up in the sky and hold them. Now, put your hands up in the sky. Ball your fists up as if you're like metaphorically um, holding something in your hand, holding a pole or a staff in your hand and leave them there until I'm done. <laughs> and let's see, baby, if your arms don't get tired. <laughs> you don't really have to do that. I'm just, you know, giving a, a, a again, practical example, spiritual principle. But this is really happening practically in Moses life where he was holding up the staff. And eventually his arms got tired as any of us arms would get tired after a while of holding something up and not being able to put our arms down. And so, um, continuing on in verse 12, I'm going to start again. Moses arms soon became so tired. He could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and her found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. I'm going to stop right here. Do you guys hear what I just said in verse 12? Moses' arms soon became so tired, he could no longer hold them up. So, Aaron and her, Aaron is his brother, her, I believe, was a friend, decided to, on their own, Moses didn't ask them. We do not read in this text where Moses said, hey, y'all, y'all see my arms getting tired. Won't y'all come help me? He didn't ask for help. But there was something in them that saw their friend, saw their brother in need of help and said, bet, I got you. Who's up for battle in your life? Who can you really turn to that will do this like like Aaron and her did for Moses, like Joshua did for Moses, where you could give a command and say, go fight that for me. And they say, bet I got you. Where you can be, you know, too weak and tired and you can't even say it, but they already know to pray for you. They already know to come, come see about you. They already like, bet I've already planned a vacation for us to get away because I understood you need a vacation. Or, you know, maybe they can't afford a vacation, but they say, you know what? I'm going to come in your house and just sit with you. I'm going to clean the house up for you because I, I get you a little weary. So I'm just going to help out as much as I can. You know, let me slide you a couple dollars. I know you was, you know, stressed out a little about your bills, but you know what? God blessed me with a little extra. So I, I got you. Let me just slide you a couple dollars and you good. Like, who is up for battle in your life? Who do you got that you can really lean on for support? 
like the song says, who can pray for you? Who can support you without you even asking? Without even knowing what you need. But there is a sense in their heart to say, let me help out. Let me step up. Let me take the initiative. This is what this is. The initiative to help you in any way I can. I don't even got to ask you what you need help in. You've already told me or I already see what you're going through. So I'm going to take it upon myself to just step on in and do the darn thing. Who's up for battle in your life? It's very important to know who's on your team. It's very important to have the right team. Because if you don't have the right team, you will fall. And understand this. You may have people that start with you on the journey. That's, that is a part of your team. But things may shift. Even when it comes to friendships. Friendships shift in your life. Family relationships shift in your life. And so they may have started with you on one journey, but they may fall off. Don't be upset with them. Don't take vengeance on them. Don't repay, you know, repay them back for that. Understand that they got a little weary. They got a little tired in the battle. And so this leads me to my next scripture of 1 Samuel chapter 30. And I've taught on this before as well. Um, I don't even remember what episode I taught on this before. But I love this scripture because it shows you just how your heart posture needs to be like Jesus. And you may say, well, David and Jesus uh, were two generations, two different generations. Yes, they were. However, David still had the heart posture of the Lord. That's why he is referred to in the Bible as a man after God's own heart. It means that he lived in integrity, that whether he did wrong or not, he repented for his sin. Even if somebody did wrong to him, he still tried to right the situation. He didn't take vengeance. He didn't repay evil for evil. He decided to do the right thing. He decided to take initiative to be a good person. He decided to, um, you know, stand in good character versus being like everybody else. And so in this story that I'm about to read, we, we see David in a situation where he's like, okay, um, my, the people that was riding with me, that was at war with me, that, that, was, that went on the battlefield with me, they eventually got tired of fighting. And they couldn't go fight the next battle. But I'm not going to not bless them because they got a little tired along the way. He still blessed them when he came back from the battle. When he came back with the splendor, basically, of war, he still blessed them. Because he understood in his integrity that you went with me, you know, up to a point in the journey. And so I want to thank you for at least getting me here. Even if you couldn't get me any more further because you got a little tired. You know, hello, somebody. We are all humans and, and we all get a little weary at times. So you can't be upset if somebody in your life got a little weary. Pray for them on the process while you continue on. Don't pray on them. I talked about that before earlier in the season. Pray, not pray. Pray for them, P-R-A-Y, not pray, P-R-E-Y, on them. Don't pray on their weakness. Don't cuss them out. Don't kick them while they're down. Because you didn't want somebody to do that when you was down. So don't do that to them. They got you as far as they could. Thank God that they got you this far. Thank God they went to battle with you up until that point. But then, okay, like a rocket booster, the boosters on the rocket got the rocket up but so high. And then they had to fall off because they couldn't go any further. But there's still some astronauts that's inside of the rocket. That's going to make sure the rocket will be okay. You have got to, you know, have these same people in your life so that it, when those that are meant to fall off at, because their season will be up, they fall off. 
but you still got a team around you that will continue helping you on your journey that will help you on the next level that god has for you and so first daniel um reading at i mean excuse me first samuel <laughs> um I'll start at the first verse and we might jump around with this. Uh, but first Samuel 30, starting at the first verse reads three days later when David and his men arrive home. Then this is time that has passed between Exodus and, and the children of Israel and, and David. This is like, I think like at least of uh, 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 400 years, I believe. Um, so it, this is some time that went by. Um, and so three days later, when David and his men arrived home at their town of Ziklag, they found that the Amalekites had made a raid into the Nahab and Ziklag. They had crushed Ziklag and burned it to the ground. They had carried off the women and children and everyone else, but without killing anyone. When David and his men saw the ruins and realized what happened to their family, they wept until they could weep no more. David's two wives, Ahinoam from Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal from Carmel, were among those captured. David was not in great danger. David was not in great danger because all his men were very, oh, excuse me, David was now, I'm sorry. David was now in great danger because all his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters. And they began to talk of stoning him. But David found strength in the Lord his God. I'm going to stop right here. There may be people that started with you that cannot go any further. They got a little weary on their own journey. And and they may, because they're going through their own problems now, you may find that the relationship may kind of kind of feel strained or they may start acting different towards you. I've experienced that in my own life. Don't be bitter at them. Don't um be cussing them out. Don't don't do any of that. Understand that they have gotten weary. They're going through their own problems. They they helped you on your journey, but now they're facing their own problems. And so they're trying to figure that out. They're trying to get themselves together. So you got to get your strength from a different source. You got to get your strength from somebody that has a different vantage point. This is why now God, of course, is number one. That's why I said the Holy Spirit, God's voice, God's, God's spirit, God's um, authority in the earth. You need God first. And then the other four people that I mentioned, the, the licensed therapist, the life coach, the spiritual mentor, the support group, you're going to need some other people that can go the rest of the way with you and then have a different vantage point than the people who started with you because they've been where you are. They know how to get through. They know how to fight. They know, they know where you're going and you'll see, um, you'll see as I continue reading on that David, this happens with David's life. And so then he said to Abiathar, the priest, bring me the ephod. So Abiathar brought it. Then David asked the Lord, should I chase after this band of raiders? Will I catch them? And the Lord told him, yes, go after them. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you. So David and his 600 men set out and they came to the brook Besor. But 200 of the men were too exhausted to cross the brook. So David continued the pursuit with 400 men. Along the way, they found an Egyptian man in a field and brought him to David. They gave him some bread to eat and water to drink. They also gave him part of a fig cake and two clusters of raisins, for he had had anything to eat or drink for three days and three nights. Before long, his strength returned. To whom do you belong and where do you come from? David asked him. I am an Egyptian, the slave of an Amalekite. He replied, my master abandoned me three days ago because I was sick. We were on our way back from raiding the Karen, the Karathites. 
and the Nahab, the territory of Judah, and the land of Caleb. And we had just burnt Ziklag. Now, this is the slave who's telling David that he had that he had insight to what happened because he was there. But he also, because he had insight to the the opposing team, he had the vantage point of how the enemy worked. He also knew where the enemy was going. So this is another reason why David spared his life because he realized he had intuition. He had um, the 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 hearing, the uh, the echoing, or the feeling maybe in the of the Holy Spirit that says, "Hold on, this person will be able to help you." That's why you can't just just um. Cut off somebody. This is why you can't just discredit a person by the way they look or whatever. Because here he was basically looking sick and deadly. But David had enough sense, enough um, integrity, and enough wisdom from the Holy Spirit to say, if I tend to this person, I will be able to get the tactical advantage to know where my enemy is going next. And so I'll continue on. Will you lead me to this band of raiders? David asked. The young man replied, if you take an oath in God's name that you will not kill me or give me back to my master, then I surely will guide you. So he led David to them and they found the Amalekites spread out across the fields, eating and drinking and dancing with joy because of the vast amount of plunder they had taken from the Philistines in the land of Judah. And, and basically what they took from David. And his men rushed in among them and slaughtered them throughout that night and the entire next day until evening. None of the Amalekites escaped except 400 young men who fled on camels. David got back everything the Amalekites had taken and he rescued his two wives. Nothing was missing, small or great, son or daughter, nor anything else that had been taken. David brought everything back. He also recovered all the flocks and herds, and his men drove them ahead of the other livestock. This plunder belongs to David, they said. Then David returned to the brook Basar and met up with the 200 men who had been left behind because they were too exhausted to go with him. They went out to meet David and his men, and David greeted them joyfully. Hear me. These men didn't go into battle. They were so weary. They, they got David as far as they could go, and they fell off. Like a boosters on a rocket. But David still had enough integrity to realize that they're still useful and they still are do what's theirs. Their stuff got taken too. I'm not going to just keep their stuff for me because they didn't go the rest of the way. They're, I'm going to give them back what's theirs. And so he, and, and on top of that, I'm not going to hold any animosity. This is why forgiveness is so important, y'all. You got to be willing to forgive people and extend grace. Understanding, you know, it's, it's like the, um, the, the um the saying in culture that says walk a mile in somebody's shoes you don't know what they're going through but if you extend godly grace that says you know what i get that you may be feeling weak weary night right now i may not fully understand everything or fully understand why you fell off but i'm not gonna hold it against you because i wouldn't want you to hold it against me i'm gonna pray for you p-r-a-y and keep it moving and forgive you that you can't go any further david had to forgive and so he greeted them joyfully because he did all these things. But some evil troublemakers among David's men said, they didn't go with us, so they can't have any of the plunder we recovered. Give them their wives and children and tell them to be gone. But David said, no, my brothers, don't be selfish with what the Lord has given us. He has kept us safe and helped us defeat the band of raiders that attacked us. Who will listen when you talk like this? We share and share alike. 
those who go to battle and those who guard the equipment. From then on, David made this decree and regulation for Israel and it still follow today. And so what this is basically saying is don't judge just because they couldn't go any further. Have mercy on them. Give grace. And understand that it was all given to us by God anyway, because God owns everything. So who are we to hoard it for ourselves? When God blesses you in your life, no matter what season you're in, if you're in a bad season, know that you're going to come out. But if God blesses you, you have to understand that it's not just for you to hoard to yourself. It's for you to pour out onto somebody else. Don't just hold it for yourself. Be a blessing. You're meant to be blessed to be a blessing onto somebody else. And as you bless somebody else, they'll pay it back and on and on and on. And even if they don't, you've done your part. And that's what's important. Y'all got to excuse my phone. <laughs> that's the, the things you keep hearing. Um, but you, you got to know who's up for battle in your life. Don't just sit and keep surrounding yourself with the wrong people because the blind will lead the blind down the wrong path. You trying to hang out with people that's just as blind as you are. And, and I'm talking about not physical sight. I'm talking about spiritual sight. They can't see into the spirit. They don't know God's voice for themselves. They don't know how to pray. They don't, they don't have any wisdom on how to guide you. They don't know how to um, go to war for you in the spirit so that the enemy will leave you, uh, leave you be or, uh, or get away from you or, or, or um, even just be released from your presence. They don't know how to war for you. Who's up for battle in your life? You should be assessing. One thing my all my friends throughout my entire life will be able to tell you if they knew you. <laughs> is that Andrea used to always, and I still do, every, four, every, every quarter, but especially at the end of the year, I would do an assessment. Because what they didn't know is I was constantly praying, God, who's for me and who's not? Help me to remove or you remove those people who are not meant to go on the next journey with me, who are not meant to go into the next season, the next month, the next year with me, God, who is meant to still be on my team and who's not. I will cut somebody smooth and it's not cutting in a sense of being mean or nasty. It's just realizing that, okay, our season is up. Thank you for this journey. We had a great time, but we got to get off this ride right now. My, you know, my roller coaster is going this way and you can't go this way with me. So you got to hop off and take your roller coaster and your seat somewhere else. And, and I, you know, God bless you. I pray that he continues to cover you. And But I got to go this way that God's leading me. Who's up for battle in your life? And so uh, this message was, you know, a little sweet, quick to the point, y'all. I pray that this stirs your faith, gave you something to think about, gave you some, um, some tips and some tools. Start praying to God to not only hear his voice but to know who's the right people in your life and then ask him to help direct your path to the people who you need the the right support team that you need the right life coach that you need the right um spiritual mentor I, I gave you guys my email address before you can reach out to me or reach out to me in social media and inside of my dms you know I could be your spiritual mentor um you know find a licensed therapist you know preferably a Christian therapist um and and definitely, 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 you need the Holy Spirit. It is so important. You cannot do this life alone. You need the right team that can go to battle for you and with you. And like Moses, that when you get a little weary, they will have the initiative. 
without you without you even saying anything to go and hold up your arms to help you out on the journey ahead. So may the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord God be gracious to you, show you his favor, and give you his shalom, give you his peace. Take care. Bye now.